There is a biblical path toward a spiritual maturity, and it's called the spiritual disciplines. Today on Awaken to Grace, we are going to talk about spiritual disciplines, and our text is going to be 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where the Bible says, discipline or exercise or train yourselves toward godliness. And today we're going to unpack, we're going to unfold the idea of spiritual disciplines. So whether you are someone who's very disciplined in your life or moderately disciplined or maybe you're someone who lacks discipline. No matter where you are on that scale, you're going to find something beneficial out of today's message. And I know, I know you're going to grow spiritually from today's sermon. I hope you enjoy this edition of Awakened Radio. text today is 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 and uh, if you have missed some of this series I want to encourage you to go back on our app Awakened to Grace. Download our free mobile app and all of our sermons are available there. Go to our websites awakentograce.com, preachingchristchurch.com and catch up where we are on this series. So today is part four of our sermon uh, of our summer series called The Unhurried Life. In week one we talked about unhurried rest. You know, so many people don't know how to rest. Some people think that rest means sleep. And they think, well, if I could just get more sleep, then I would get more rest. And that's not true. Because even though your body may sleep for eight or seven or nine hours, whatever the case, that doesn't mean your soul has rested. And what we lack in today's culture is not necessarily physical rest, it is soul rest. And Jesus said in Matthew 11, 29 and 30, Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. There is a rest for our soul that our body cannot compensate for. And what happens is our body tends to follow our soul. So when we're at rest in our mind, when we're at rest in our emotions, when we're at rest spiritually, then guess what? The body will follow. That was week one. In week two, we talked about unhurried abiding. And the premise of that was so many people come to Christ, as in Matthew 11, they come to Christ, they, they, they get born again, they experience Jesus, but then they seem to wander off. They seem to go on in their old ways or their old path or they wander off on some other way and they don't stay. They don't abide. They don't continue in. And so we broke down John chapter 15. God is the vine. Christ is the true vine. We are the branches. And we broke down what that meant. And we saw that not only are we to come to Christ and rest, but we are to abide, we are to stay, we are to continue, we are to grow in Jesus. And then last week, we were in Deuteronomy chapter 11, and we talked about unhurried families, and I so enjoyed last week. We talked about what godly homes look like, 
what the Bible says, a godly home, a godly family, what the daily routine of godly parents, what it looks like. And I so enjoyed last week, unhurried families. Well, today, our topic is unhurried spiritual disciplines. Unhurried spiritual disciplines. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. If you want to look with me there, the end of the verse says, training yourselves for godliness. Training yourselves toward godliness And then verse 8 is going to teach that godly exercise profits but little. There is profit to it. it, Scripture's not saying to neglect it. But Scripture's saying it's not everything. While physical exercise will profit little, godly exercise profits not only the life here, but eternity, the life to come. Do you see And so we're going to talk today about what spiritual disciplines mean in our life. In order to really understand spiritual disciplines, we first have to back up and understand what spiritual disciplines are not. So before I list for you quite a few spiritual disciplines, let me first tell you what spiritual disciplines are not in our life. Spiritual disciplines are not attitudes, Spiritual disciplines are not, uh, you know, someone can say, well, you know, I'm going to work on being more joyful and you can have a joyful attitude, but that's not spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines are not even the fruits that the Holy Spirit produced in our life. Spiritual disciplines are not attitudes. Spiritual disciplines are actions. They are practices that promote, that lead to, that grow us, that cultivate, that fosters Christ-likeness. And today we're going to understand what spiritual disciplines really produce in our life. But understand, first of all, spiritual disciplines are not attitudes, they're actually practices. They are actions. These are things that you physically do. They are not attitudes or mentalities. They are actions that we actually accomplish in our spiritual walk. Number two, spiritual disciplines are not hobbies. They are not interest. So someone cannot say, well, you know, I enjoy this hobby. And so for me, that's a spiritual discipline. I want us to understand today because this is going to be really uh, critical toward our text, toward growing in godliness. This is very, very critical. Spiritual disciplines are not apart from biblical truths. Okay? So I want you to understand with me because I'm I'm going to take you on a journey today that that I, I think will have great impact on your spiritual life. For us to understand spiritual disciplines, what we have to understand is they are rooted in the Bible. And spiritual disciplines that are not rooted in the Bible do not produce what the Bible's trying to produce in our life. So, for example, someone could say, well, you know, I'm really, I enjoy gardening. And so for me, gardening is a spiritual discipline. No, not not according to the Bible. Now, you can be skilled in gardening. You can have a great love for gardening. It can bring you great joy and great satisfaction. And you can be tremendous at gardening and you really enjoy it. But that doesn't mean it's a spiritual discipline because it's not rooted in the Bible. Someone can enjoy jogging. 
How many of you are like me and you hate those people? Ugh, <laughs> golly. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. But anyway, we'll go on. <laughs> but in all seriousness, some of you, perhaps you really, you enjoy running. It clears your mind. It's good for your body. It helps you process life. And for you, it's a great joy. And it's a great hobby. It's even a great interest. And that's great. But it's not a spiritual discipline. Some of you, perhaps you enjoy baking. And I'll be glad to sample anything. You want me to sample? I, I, I appreciate that. About, yeah, yeah, well. But even at that, even if you're skilled at it, even if it brings you pleasure, even if you love to share it with others, it's not a spiritual discipline. A spiritual discipline, if you're going to take notes this morning, a spiritual discipline is a discipline taught in the Bible that produces godliness. It produces godliness. Do you see the difference today? Now, there's a journey that we're going to go on, and and I want you to note this. If our goal is to produce godliness, where we're headed today is to show that these are actually God's ideas, okay? Preachers didn't come up with this. Churches didn't come up with this. Religious systems did not invent this. These are God's ideas for us to practice. And there's a reason why, and I'm going to show you the reason why today. Now, if you go back to our text, when we think of the idea of spiritual disciplines, another problem with spiritual disciplines, not only are they not attitudes, they are, in fact, actions. And not only, um, uh, not only are they not hobbies or interests or something like that, but they are disciplines, they are practices that are rooted in the Bible. But here's another clarification we need to make before we go further. Spiritual disciplines... I lost my train of thought for a second. Help me this morning. They are not hobbies. They are not interests. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> I started to sweat for just one second. It's hard when you preach with no notes whatsoever. You know it? You can't glance down and go, oh, that's where I am. It's all locked up here. Oh, Lord Jesus, take the wheel. Amen. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> the problem in our culture, and you'll know this to be true, the problem is that everyone thinks they are spiritual. Spiritual disciplines have nothing to do with being mystic or being new age or trying to find God in this or trying to find God in that. My friends, do you know where God wants to be found in his word. That's the only place to find him. You're not going to find him in the woods and you're not going to find him in your interests or your hobbies. How self-serving is it to tell God, I'll find you on my terms. I'll find you where I want to find. No, God doesn't work that way. God is found only in his word. And so you and I have to understand if we are going to be on the path of encountering God, then we must be in the path of Scripture. 
And so that's why I say, I want to reiterate, spiritual disciplines does not mean that someone does certain types of meditations or someone is engaged in some certain philosophy or someone has this great love or this great hobby or even this great skill. That does not make it a spiritual discipline. What makes it a spiritual discipline is a biblical practice that leads toward Christ-likeness. A spiritual practice that leads toward godliness. And that's what the Bible teaches. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Discipline yourself toward godliness. Now, the word train right here in the Greek, in the original Greek, is a highly interesting word. It actually means, it's where we get, in the Greek, it's where we get our English word for gymnasium. How many of you belong to a gym? I, I don't know what you're doing. You're raising your hand or... If you belong to a gym, just go, woo! Okay. How many of you don't belong to a gym? Go, ugh. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord, we're a lazy church. Oh, we're a lazy church. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I used to live out by Great Body Company on Memorial, and I used to say, I go by the gym twice a day, leaving and coming home, right? That's terrible. That's awful. Oh, you gym people are going to love this. You're going to love it. It, it, This word for train and this word for uh, the, the, the old King James says, exercise yourself for godliness. The New American Standard Bible says, Discipline yourself toward godliness. The ESV says, train yourself toward godliness. The English word out of the Greek word means gymnasium or gymnastics. In other words, Paul is saying, enter into God's exercise. Enter into God's discipline. Enter into his gymnasium. Come into his program. And for those of us who do not go to a gym, we need this more than anyone, don't we? And for those of you who, perhaps you're at a certain level of discipline, and I do, I admire people who, they run and they jog and they exercise their bodies. I wish I was more like you and I need to discipline myself more. I need to follow your example. Here's what I'm saying today. For all of us, where is the priority of godliness? In all of our priorities, in all of our, I need to do this and I need to do that and I'm going to incorporate this. I'm going to add this as part of my life. This is very important to me. This is very valuable to me. Therefore, I'm going to take the time to do it. And we all make those decisions. Every one of us. And you may be somebody who says, Chad, I don't have a moment in the day. Chad, I don't have the luxury of saying no or yes to anything. I am so... No, all of us make decisions every day on what is priority to us. And in all of that decision making, where is the priority of exercise, train, discipline yourself toward godliness? See, that's the goal of the Christian life. And today, 
and I know in my heart, and I'm not saying in a judgmental way, I'm saying in a way, uh, let's evaluate. I'm saying in a way of let's reprioritize. I'm saying in a way of invitation, come with me on this beautiful journey, on this incredible pathway of righteousness called the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. And I'm saying, what would my life and what would your life look like if in all of our prioritizing, everything that must get done, everything that's on our plate, all of our responsibilities, everything that we value, and what if we said at the top of it all is godliness? What would our lives look like? What would our stress levels look like? What would our responsibilities look like. Godliness. Train, exercise, discipline yourself toward godliness. That's the great goal. You know, there are many wonderful musicians, many wonderful musicians, many wonderful piano players, but I, I have a bias to my friend Michael Berkey. I'm telling you what, when that brother plays piano, does it do something to you? Amen. I can be frustrated or I can be exhausted or I can be overwhelmed or I can be preoccupied or I can have any emotion before I take this pulpit. And I'm telling you, when that brother plays, it just lifts everything off of me. Do you find that true? It just is a blessing. Now, if I came to Michael and I said, Michael, I have a great desire. I would like to learn piano. Would you teach me? Michael would probably do that. And we sat down together and I paid for lessons and said, okay, Michael, I want to learn. And he begins to teach me some chords and some notes. And after a while of hitting notes and matching chords, if he said, okay, Chad, now let's make some music. What would he think if I said, no, no, I just really wanted to hit a few chords. That's all I really wanted to do. What would be the purpose of paying for music lessons if my ultimate goal was not to play music? Would I be wasting his time? Would I be wasting my time? And I'm afraid that for many of us, we've never looked at it from this perspective. We've never looked at it from this angle. Is our goal here this morning? Is our goal in coming to church? Is the goal godliness? Or are we just hitting some chords? How silly. Would it be for us to bring ourselves in gathering for worship and pray to the Lord and say, nah, I'm not really interested in godliness. Could that, my friend, be a waste of your time? Is your goal godliness? Because I'll tell you, that's God's goal for you. And that's the Bible's goal for you is Christ-like godliness. Can we say amen to that? So how do we do this? What are spiritual disciplines? I want to tell you a few of them, then I want to share with you how it's God's ideas. Now, 
Spiritual disciplines in, in a similar way. If you remember earlier in the year, we did a study on the names or the titles of God. And if you remember what we said, the, the titles of God are numerous. I mean, far more than we could have covered in that one series. And so it is with spiritual disciplines. There are numerous spiritual disciplines. Well over 20 to my count from my understanding. But let me just share a few of them with you today. Spiritual disciplines, again, they are practices that promote Christ-likeness. They are practices that lead toward godliness. Spiritual disciplines would include studying your Bible, not reading your Bible, studying your Bible. Do you know that there's a difference? Let me, let me share with you the difference for one moment and then I'll, I'll move ahead. Do you know the difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible? Uh, a, a man one time was in the business of trying to sell gold mines. And, uh, you know, I mean, even today you can buy mines out west, you know, in Midwest and Colorado, those areas. Uh, you can purchase a mine. You can look it up and there's several available. But if you purchase a gold mine, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to work it, right? To find gold. And this young man was trying to make an easy sell, and he was doing it in the wrong way. As a matter of fact, in much the way that preachers preach today. Too easy. And he was saying, oh, this mine is for sale, and for X amount of dollars, it can be yours, and you'll be rich tomorrow by the time you make, by the, time you make the purchase. You'll be rich. As a matter of fact, there's so much gold in this mine that it's laying on the floor. And the wise older man he was trying to sell it to was making fun of him and said, excuse me, young man, are you implying that I will need to bend over? Here is sarcasm. I'm afraid we have much of the same mentality in today's church. If we're going to gather the gold of God's word, we're going to have to dig for it. Turn your Bibles real quick to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Just real fast, and then I'll move on. One of the luxuries when you don't preach without notes is when the Holy Spirit tells you to go a different direction, you can go. Amen? Are you okay going a little different direction right now? 9 a.m. didn't get this. They're going to have to watch online. They didn't get any of this. We had a wonderful 9 a.m. service. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Thank you, Lord, for leading us to this text. This is perfect for what we're talking about right now. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I had none of this planned, and this, this is just the Lord helping us connect the dots this morning. Now, understand this. Spiritual discipline, if you're taking notes, you're going to want to note this. Spiritual disciplines are not works-based mentality. And spiritual disciplines are not legalistic mentalities. Spiritual disciplines is an evangelistic mentality that is going to equip you to share your faith in a greater way, in a broader way. It has nothing to do with legalism, and it, has, it certainly has nothing to do with good works. So when I was young in my faith, I would read a text like this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and I'd scratch my head and think, 
what does that mean, Lord? Because I know the Bible teaches you can't work for your salvation. Did you know the Bible teaches that? Ephesians chapter two. Uh, You're saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. But it is a what? Gift from God. So you can't work for your salvation. Warren Wiersbe says it so well. As Christians, we do not work. We do not do good works for our salvation. But because of our salvation, we do good works. That's the balance. And so this scripture says what I thought was opposite of what other scriptures said. Work out your own salvation. What's it say? What's Paul telling these people? Work out your own salvation. Well, do you know what the word picture is in the original Greek? This is beautiful. The word picture is of someone owning a gold mine and working that gold mine. So what would you say? Does anyone know the price of gold right now per ounce current? Anybody know? Last I looked, it was like $1,200 an ounce. Is that about right right now? Thank you for your feedback. That was very helpful. <laughs> maybe, maybe the people who's on vacation, maybe they know. <clears throat> Last time I looked, it was about $1,200 an ounce. What would you do? Now think about this. What would you do if you heard me say in a conversation, yeah, Sadie and I own a couple of gold mines out in Colorado. You would think, <laughs> Pastor Chad is well-to-do. But what if I said, I've never, I've never done anything with it. I don't know if there's gold in there or not. You would say, excuse me? And what if I said, well, you know, having a gold mine's a lot of work. I mean, you got to rent equipment, and there's a lot of stuff you got to learn. I don't, I tried to read a manual on mining golds, and I, <laughs> way over my head. I just, and you know, I work a lot. You realize how much I work? I don't really have time to get out there and I don't have time to invest in it. And I don't know. I just, I really just let it sit. Excuse me? You realize that gold is $1,200 an ounce and you're letting your gold mines just sit? $1,400, and excuse me? (laughs) $1,400. I really need notes, don't I? $1,400 an ounce and you let a gold mine sit because you're too busy? Because it's a little too hard? Because the jargon's a little tough to understand and you're gonna let it sit? My friend, do you realize what Paul is telling the church? You have a gold mine in Scripture. Absolute gold in the Word of God. But you're not just going to bend down and pick it up. You're going to have to work. Work out your own salvation. Dig in the Word of God. Commit yourself to the Word of God. Commit yourself to not just reading, but studying and applying God's Word to your everyday life. And then you'll begin to gather the gold that only comes from the Word of God. 
And you're talking about enriching your life. You're talking about enriching your perspective. You're talking about enriching your thinking. You're talking about enriching your soul. It will enrich you in every single way. But you got to dig. You got to work. You got to discipline yourself. Can we say amen to that? Work out your own salvation. Discipline yourself toward godliness. So Bible study is a spiritual discipline. Church fellowship is a spiritual discipline. Now, I know that I'm not talking to you, so you can think of this toward someone else, but do you know anyone who ever wakes up and doesn't feel like coming to church on a Sunday? They're exhausted. Well, let's just call it what it is. You're exhausted. I'm exhausted. Right? Did you ever hear about the man who told his wife, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going back to church. And she said, honey, why? And he said, I'm not going back. Uh, they, they don't like me there. People talk about me. And I'm not going back. And the wife said, honey, you're the pastor. You have to go. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that. <laughs> Lord, I need notes. I need notes. <laughs> It's a, it's a lazy summer day, right? I can, I, can, I can do this today, right? We're having ice cream tonight for crying out loud. Ice cream Sunday on Discipline Sermon Sunday. What a disaster. Anyway, <laughs> it's just, how did that happen? Um, <laughs> but really, sometimes we wake up and we don't feel like coming. We're emotionally exhausted. We're spiritually exhausted. We're physically exhausted. But many of us, we push through and we come. Why? Because we know it's good for us. We know the preaching of God's word is healthy for us. We know the corporate singing and worshiping together is healthy. We know that the praying together is healthy. The serving is healthy. The fellowship is healthy. We know it's good. And so we discipline ourselves. And we come even when it's not convenient. And we come even when we don't feel like it. Because my friend, it is a spiritual discipline. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. I thank God. I thank God for the 40-day fast that this church did at the first of the year. 40 days. And we saw the effects, did we not? We saw God honor what God says he will honor. Hallelujah. And it is a spiritual discipline when you say, God, I hunger for you more than I hunger for food. When your stomach growls and you say, God, I want you more than I want my next meal. That, my friend, is a spiritual discipline. Tithing is a spiritual discipline. We began a journey at the first of the year in the series called Expand Your Capacity. And we did a sermon called Expanding Your Capacity to Give. And oh my goodness, so many of you began to engage in giving. Some of you perhaps for the very first time in your life. And I am so proud. I was so transparent with you. 
how for me and Sadie, being a young family and having a bazillion kids and feels like it anyway, I shared with you, it's hard. It's not easy. But you get into the rhythm. You get into the discipline. And do you know what we find? Here's what we find. If you're going to take notes, I want you to write this down. If you talk about tithing, if you talk about fasting, if you talk about serving, serving is a spiritual discipline. If you talk about studying God's word, if you talk about praying, unintentional, uninterrupted times of prayer is a spiritual discipline. And when we talk about these things, this is what I want you to understand. It is God's idea. You realize that a pastor never came up with the spiritual discipline of tithing? You would think so, but they didn't. Did you realize that a church or a religious system never invented the idea of fasting or of uninterrupted times of praying? No, these are God's ideas rooted in the word of God. And that's why I say, you may be a a skilled gardener, by all means, enjoy gardening. You may be a skilled runner, by all means, enjoy enjoy the interest of running. You may be skilled at baking or building or any number of things. You may be gifted and you may have a hobby that it just is next level. Enjoy it by all means, but don't compare it to the spiritual discipline of praying. Don't compare it to the spiritual discipline of fasting. Don't compare it to the spiritual discipline of serving. Because these are disciplines that are rooted in the word of God. And why? Because it's God's original ideas. Why? Because it leads you to godliness. It produces godliness in your life. Now, I'm going to end today with why this matters to me so much. And if you're gonna take notes, this is the last thing I'll have you write down today. Spiritual disciplines are God's pathways. They're God's pathways because they are God's ideas. Now, what have we said throughout this series? We've said that there is a difference between factory living and farm living. The Bible does not promote the idea of factory living. Factory living came about about a little more than 100 years ago as as, uh, particularly car factories, things like that. It's called Taylorism is, is the term for it, Taylorism. And it's produce, 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 produce. It's the rhythm. It's the rhythm of producing. Some of your lives are just like that. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches a way of living compared to a farmer. And do you know how a farmer produces? A farmer produces by sowing his seed, watering that seed, and waiting upon the Lord. James chapter five. 
Now, there are many things that you and I can quickly produce. We can produce effective methods and strategies, and we can produce uh, to-do lists, and we can produce results, and we can produce productivity, and we can produce all of these things. We can pr- but let me tell you what we cannot produce. Rest for our souls. Abiding in Jesus. Godly families and unhurried spiritual disciplines. What God wants to do in our life is often a patient work. What God wants to do in our life can only be produced by waiting on the Holy Spirit. So don't feel today like you can make a list of spiritual disciplines and begin to check them off one by one. It doesn't work that way. You have to incorporate them into the rhythm of your daily life. In order to do that, you and I have to take a step back and we have to ask, what is the rhythm of our daily life? What is the rhythm of our daily routine? And in all of that rhythm, and I realize everyone here has things that must be done. I have multitudes of things that must be done. There are consequences if I don't get certain things done. I'm not, th- I'm not saying that we be lazy, even though apparently we are a lazy church by how many don't go to the gym. But I'm not saying at all. I'm not advocating laziness. I'm advocating priorities. And everything that has to get done, here's my question today. Where's godliness in that? And see, I I may have deadlines, and I may have responsibilities, and I may have obligations, and I may have commitments, but none of that changes or affects if I'm godly or not. I can have more on my plate right now that I can shake a stick at, but I can still be godly. I may have people mistreating me at work, but I can still be godly. I can have pressures on me that you don't even understand. And you may have pressures on you that I can't understand, but we can still be godly. You with me today? So in looking at the rhythm of our everyday life, where is godliness in that ebb and flow? Where does godliness land? And I think the Bible would instruct us to say, Make it the first part. As a matter of fact, Michael, you can go ahead and come and let me let me end. Let me end with Matthew six thirty three. This is this is, I think, exactly what God would say to us today. To the people of Jesus, to his day, Jesus said, "Don't worry about the clothes that you're going to wear, and don't worry about the food you're going to eat." Now, why did Jesus say that to those people? Because in context, that's what they were worried about. What would Jesus say to people in our city today? Well, for the overwhelming majority, it wouldn't be worried about food or clothing. God has blessed us immensely. You know that. I don't have to explain that. But you know what I think God would say to us? I think Jesus would say, Don't worry about your 401k. Don't worry about retirement. Now, I don't think Jesus would say neglect it. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. 
but don't fret over it. I think Jesus would say, don't worry about college and how you're gonna pay for it. He's not saying neglect it, don't misunderstand. He's saying, don't worry about it. And then he gives the solution. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things are gonna be added to you. Do you see? Do you see? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek godliness. And as we exercise, as we train, as we discipline ourselves toward God, not toward success, because I love success. And not only do I love success, but I feel like I have the right measure to measure success with. Not by dollars and not by applause, but by the things that matter to me and are valuable to me, the things that God has shown me that's gonna matter when I'm on my deathbed. But even that, I'm not to seek. I'm to seek godliness his kingdom and then things like success things that matter to you things like retirement things like that home you would love to have things like the right marriage things like your children being the way they should be things like college all of these things they're going to be added to you if your priorities are right Godliness. Where is it in your rhythm of life? With their heads bowed and their eyes closed. I don't know what your rhythm of life is. I would bet if you're like most normal people, your rhythm is a neck-breaking pace. Your rhythm leaves you with more to accomplish than you have the ability to accomplish. Your rhythm is a series of interruptions, both in your personal life and in your marriage and in your home life and in your spiritual life interruption after interruption my friend that's why you need uninterrupted disciplined time with God interruptions interruptions don't let interruptions rob you Don't let it rob you from your time with your children. Don't let it rob you from serving God. Don't let it rob you. Listen, and I'm just, I'm saying exactly what the Holy Spirit's leading me to say today. Don't let financial interruptions rob you from tithing. And I'm telling you, I, I know exactly what I'm saying. Me and Sadie have encountered two months of nothing but interruptions. Don't let your interruptions rob you. And don't let it rob God. Interruptions. We need uninterrupted, intentional, unhurried time with God. That's the spiritual disciplines. What do you need to incorporate today? What do you need to shore up? What do you need to take and say, God, I've not done well in this, but that changes today. Today, it changes. Some of you have never fasted before. 
you need to enter that spiritual discipline. Some of you don't study the Bible. As a matter of fact, you don't even know where your Bible is. You need to change that. What discipline do you need to enter into today that God is going to bless and God's going to honor? Why? Because spiritual disciplines are a pathway that help us encounter God. And when you begin that pathway of giving, you begin that pathway of fasting, you start on that pathway of faithful attendance, you start on that pathway of Bible study, you start on that pathway of of praying intentionally, you know what? You're gonna encounter God on that path. Why? Because friends, these are God's ideas. It's not mine, it's not the church, it's not other preachers, it's not religious systems. These are God's ideas. Religion doesn't say fast. God says to do it. Religion doesn't say tithe. God says to do it. Why? Because they are practices that lead toward godliness. And the more you pray, the more you study the Bible, the more you meditate, the more you get into quiet solitude, the more you serve with your gifts, the more that you fellowship with other believers, the more that you go on this path, the better you're going to encounter God because it's his system, my friend. God, I thank you for your disciplines. I thank you that you don't leave us to ourselves and you don't just say, figure it out, do the best you can. No, you lead us and you help us. Thank you for these things. I pray for every person here. I pray for the ones who are the most disciplined that godliness would be their priority. I pray for the ones who have, oh, one or two of these underneath their belt, but that they would lead into more and be intentional and more disciplines. And then God, I pray for those who live very undisciplined lives. Would you guide them and lead us into a place, your, lead us into your gymnasium that we learn your practices, that we would grow and grow and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and that we would gather the gold that's found deep in the word of God. Thank you for every person here today. I call them blessed in Jesus' name. And even all the ones that are out of town, we call them blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name.